Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kierens. I'm your host here each and every week as we introduce you to artists from around the world who help bring your favorite beers and breweries to life. It's that simple, folks. So what the process is here, if you're new, if you're a first-timer, we welcome you. Pull up a seat, sit back, relax. We've got some administrative stuff here to do. We'll give you a little overview of what to expect. But we have about 10 questions, uh, give or take, that we like to ask almost all of the artists. See where things go, learn about their process, kind of their elevator pitch, how they came to team up with the different breweries that they work with, and you know, learn about project management, what it means to be an entrepreneur, and just see where things go. So it's very loosely scripted. We try to introduce you to them as people. We are a beer agnostic project. So while we have been selfishly uh, promoting some of our favorite breweries, that is not the end game. Some of these beers and some of these breweries, we haven't tried their beers. And, you know, we obviously love to try all of them. That's just more for uh, selfish and logistic reasons. But that's not the focus here. The focus is on the artwork, what goes into it. Hopefully folks will learn something new, maybe a new appreciation, or maybe you're an aspiring business person trying to figure out how to get your own business off the ground, when to take chances, or maybe improve your processes. You know, the project management insight is always really insightful to me, something that I take away from it, how they work with different timelines and process those together, you know, the rushes, the the long lifelines of some of the projects, or even just how they come up with the different branding or themes for the, the different uh, pieces of art throughout the project. So it's really important to us. It's really something that we think is a now more than ever a, a key piece of the craft beer industry. And I think that, you know, people are digging it. So we thank you for that. And it is with that that we are here to say that this is episode number 28. Yeah, 28. And we are really psyched. We're really psyched that we've gotten this far. You know, who would have thought? 28 more episodes than we thought would be possible. And so it's really exciting that this week's episode features Matthew Ryan Sharp. Mr. Sharp comes to us from the Midwest. He has a great website, Midwestern uh, Work Ethic. Um, and it's really cool he's a he's a big supporter of the project he was someone that we're talking about being beer agnostic i look forward to trying some of the beers from todd and 350 but we were drawn to him because of his art his his creation kind of his uh, instagram where he shows a little behind the scenes of his projects as they're in process you know the lightheartedness he has to some of his work the cartoon nature um, as some describe it, it's a little dark and we really dig it. Also the stuff that he does with uh, stupid rad merch company. And like I said, he's been a really big supporter of it. He's really, you know, been positive, you know, occasionally, you know, reach out to him for some feedback on things. And also hopefully in the near future, we'll be able to work together on some merch. So we will be working with him and stupid rad merch to hopefully get some t-shirts. We're talking to some of the artists that we've had in the past and we'll continue to, See what we can put together for you. So if you have any ideas, don't be a stranger. Feel free to reach out. AJ at 16OunceCanvas.com. You can also check us out via the World Wide Web, 16OZCanvas.com. Find us on Instagram, 
Twitter, the Book of Faces, we're everywhere. So, it's that simple, folks. Also, wanted to take a quick, quick moment here to reiterate about the 16-ounce doodle or die that we've been doing in September, thanks to uh, the one and only Mr. Robbie Davis. Robbie Davis 01 on Instagram. We uh, interviewed him a few months back and discussed how in 2015 he had done the, the doodle or die and he really liked it. Basically, what that is is each month for the month of uh, each day, excuse me, for the month of September, we have a different keyword, and that word is the theme of the different artists, doodlers, hacks like myself, who are just participating and being welcomed into the crew. And you write about that word for the day. So it's really been really positive. It's amazing. You know, last I checked, we have almost up to 700 unique posts. So that's 700 unique pieces of art that folks are creating doodles you know some like myself you see the a pencil you know i tried to hack it up in illustrator for a while i would definitely like uh to take an illustrator class or seven we'll see if that's possible but it's just really great there's just amazing stuff that's coming out there creative good plays off the different words some very literal and amazing others very creative and metaphorical so thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody out there. And if you haven't had a chance, you can just check out the website, 16ozdoodleordie.com, and that'll take you to see all the different posts and art that's been created. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's really just, the whole this whole thing has just been really humbling. So thank you again. Like I said, this week's episode, Mr. Matthew Ryan Sharp. He comes to us from the Midwest. He's a worker. He's a grinder. He's got that work ethic. And he's just been a great support. So really excited to introduce you to him. So without further ado, I bring to you episode number 28 of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Really excited to have with us today Matthew Ryan Sharp. Uh, We came to learn of Matthew through the work he's doing with 350 Brewing out of uh, Tinley Park, Illinois. We're uh, talking to Matthew today outside of uh, Cincinnati in Morrow, Ohio. What's good? What's a good word, my friend? Nothing, man. You know, uh, enjoying uh, enjoying this Labor Day and uh, enjoying enjoying being busy, man. Yeah, as I was, we were just talking before. You can check out Matthew's work, uh, Matthew Ryan Sharp, the the full proper name uh, on Instagram. And then what I love is his uh, website is. Midwestern work ethic, which if you've been in the Midwest, I think it's very fitting to to you know call it that or draw attention to that because it's definitely a, it's a way of life out there. People work their asses off. Yeah, for sure, man. Because it's like you don't get. It seems like you know people don't necessarily get the same chances or opportunities as you know the the East and the West Coast. There's just a lot more availability for certain things, so it's kind of you have to you have to hustle a little bit harder and, you know, put in, put in longer hours and just spend more time, you know, honing your craft, whatever that may be. Yeah. I think now more than ever, like where you're from is not, doesn't have as much of an impact because you can, with technology, you can be mobile and work for places. So I think it's been helpful. But like I said, if you travel to the Midwest, especially, you know, when you see kind of farm country you know people you know the the backbone you know the kind of unnoticed uh, necessities of of, uh, of this country yeah man for sure it's uh you know and you i mean you said the best the inner the internet and and social media and uh, you know instagram has made uh 
it's made the world like so, so small. It makes, you know, the stuff like that, what you're doing with the 60 ounce podcast, it makes it, makes it possible. You know, you're talking to people, you know, locally, nationally, and, you know, and internationally. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a cool thing. That's a cool thing to be able to get like people's insight on, uh, on what they do and just over, you know, some, whatever out I, I don't even know like the technology that makes it happen like i'm not that i'm not that smart i draw for a living <laughs> yeah you're playing you're, you're uh, selling yourself short yeah i barely uh i'm a crackpot here just kind of you know duct taping it all together but we do it through uh I skype that's why when i call it doesn't have a phone number and oh to, okay gotcha yeah gotcha. you can like you can uh it's an additional like you, you know skype is free so if you do skype this skype but you can you, know, you can do skype the phone and so you can pay a certain little more a month and you have i can call landlines and so it doesn't i don't have a phone number like you couldn't call me back on it gotcha. but, but yeah but yeah and what what's cool i mean i think that this is a great example of that um matthew you know i found his work you know kind of down that rabbit hole where you're clicking on different artists and seeing some you know cool stuff you like and it just kept popping up and he works for. A yeah, brewery. how did how did you, how did you find my stuff? Uh, I I think I mean it was some of your some of your some of your ske- you know, your illustrations and your sketches, and I think it might have been the uh, Smokey the Bear one. I think I went down some you know I think uh, went down some rabbit hole. I don't know if it was via somebody through some of the other artists, and I was like, oh okay, or some maybe just a hashtag. And to your point, and I was just so I kind of started following and following along and being like, all right, yeah, this is definitely something that I think, you know, we should do. And to the point we were saying before, uh, I've never had 350 brewing. So we do say we're beer agnostic. Like I've literally have no idea anything about the beer, but I do know that I dig what Matt's doing. So that's really what it's all about for me. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah. It's uh, it's super, it's super cool, man. Um, I like that. So I like that you, you're, you, you know, you're approaching it as being beer agnostic and, you know, maybe, you know, you might talk a little bit about like, Hey, how this style pertains to like what you did for this label or whatnot. But um, I like that somebody is focusing on, you know, the outside, the outside presence and the, you know, the first, um, you know, the first impression of the beer, um, you know, and how it looks on, you know, and how it looks on the shelf. Um, I think I, I, I want to say it was, uh, Jason from Pipeworks who was, who said on the podcast, like, you know, it's, it, it's our job to sort of like bring the people in and lure them to like, get it that first time. And then it's up to the, it's up to the, the brewers and, and their craft after that to sort of keep them there. Cause it's a rarity that people are going to buy the beer again, just based off of the label. Right. I think it's a, yeah, it's a good, I mean, I think that was one of the, the basis of how we started was the idea of kind of a, a branding marketing thing. Okay. You're in the store and this beer pops off the shelf and then I'm like, yeah, I mean, I bought, several shitty beers that looked really cool and you know but you're right i'm yeah. not i'm not buying them again like you know fool me once yeah. type of thing and i think now with you know the brewery only releases and you know that distribution model again you know being kind of you don't have to be at a store and doesn't have to sit on a shelf you know you can buy it from the guy who made it or you know be in the room where the beer was actually made so i think it's it's definitely changed and i think it's really i think it's really important i think it's it's a huge thing and i think um just you know just watching, you know, the cool thing about you follow along with uh, Matt or Matthew, because I mean, my full name is like massive, so I don't use my full name, but do you, which do you prefer? 
you can, you know, for, for the interview sake, you can just call me Matt when I'm, when I'm talking to people and when I meet them, I introduce myself as Matt. I just, I go by my, I go by my full name on social media and, uh, you know, through my website and on Facebook, because um, years ago when I was in like the, the art gallery painting scene, um, so many people, cause Matt Sharp is the guy from who used to be in Weezer and who is in the replacements. So uh, that's a good point. I was, I was, I was sending out like email, like press packets and being like, Hey, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to exhibit your gallery. I'm working on this new body of work, blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, Are, is this the Matt Sharp from Weezer? And I'd be like, no, it's not. I'm just a dude from Illinois. I mean, wait, if I was the guy from Weezer, could I get in this show? On just second right, thought. Yeah, right. Just right back, like, wink, wink. You know, can't. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. Or, the, or the football player, Matt Ryan. So you're getting it from all angles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. Yeah, because every now and again, like, you know, I'll do that thing where I'll, like, I'll Google myself just to see, like, what's out there. Because there will be stuff on the Internet from, you know, like, 15 years ago. And yeah, that's always like, I actually don't get too much stuff from the guy from Weezer, but yeah, ton of the, ton of the Matt Ryan stuff, the, the football player. Yeah. Cause they were just in the Super Bowl, So must have, yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, we'll use Matt or, you know, whatever. We'll just kind of go back and forth with it. I think it's, I, I don't, my fault. We'll, we'll leave that for a teaser for a later episode, what AJ stands for. I don't know if folks will be able to guess that right away, but we'll make, we'll figure a way to make that interactive. So oh, yeah. oh, you've been, yeah. yeah, so you've been going at it for, for a good long while there talking about, you know, doing gallery shows and, you know, 15 years back. So, um, how, you know, kind of give your, your elevator. What's your, what's your story, man? Yeah, man. So this is like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna have everybody, have everybody strap in. Cause this is kind of like a, this is kind of like a long winded one. It's like a crazy, crazy sort of like roller roller coaster process so all right my feet are kicked um, up man i'm getting ready yeah i'm just gonna kind of put my <laughs> mic on mute and relax these are the best ones man it's like all right Ugh. yeah make we'll be it back super, in a few minutes yeah yeah make it super make it like super ease of labor on your end um so yeah back in back in like 2003 um i was working um i was working in a warehouse kind of did a bunch of kind of did a bunch of odd jobs uh, a couple years out of high school. Um, I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to go right into college because I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do in all honesty. Um, kind of stereotypical sort of response that you always hear. Like I was one of those kids that, you know, I was always, I was always drawn. I was always painting. I was always like sort of making stuff um playing playing music on and off big into big into skateboarding big into like you know fireworks and blowing crap up and being like a destructive like little shit kid um but i always i would always do you know i would always you know spend my nights you know drawing and sketching and doodling and just you know letting my imagination run wild so you know fast forward to out of high school i knew i wanted to do something creative and I wanted to do something involving art but I didn't know how I would be able to turn you know my love for just like drawing goofy goofy crap and like painting into a job where I would be able to pay my bills so you know moving ahead into 2003 I was working you know I was working at uh at Home Depot at the time and I was working with a guy who 
um, was going to he was going to school at night and he was going to a, a technical college and he was telling me about he's like yeah I'm going to school for I'm going to school for graphic design you know you go and you know you can pick from the these certain programs which you want to get either a bachelor's or associates in and they they set up your schedule for you you go five you go he's like you can go at night you go uh, five days a week uh, for almost you know for for about three and a half years, you could get your bachelor's degree. I got mine in about three because I proficiencyed out of some some courses towards the towards the end of my cycle there. And I was like, huh, that sounds that sounds interesting. And I wasn't at, at that time. I wasn't really super positive about what graphic design was, but I decided I would go in and and, and check it out. So, you know, end up end up going there, end up enrolling, end up you know, turning and burning through, through school. Um, I would work, I would work during the day. I'd work from four in the morning until one in the afternoon. And then I would turn around and go to college from like three uh, thirty until like about like 10 ish. And I, I did that. I did that every day. I did that every day for three years and then um, still worked odd jobs. Like you know, right after I got out of college, because I ended up leaving, leaving Home Depot. Um, my first, you know, I worked at, I worked at like Office Max for like a week, because they said they needed like a graphic design specialist, which that just meant that they needed to hire somebody who kind of knew, knew how to open certain files and certain programs, so they'd be able to print them. And I rapidly left there and became uh, an ad designer at for a division of the Chicago Sun Times. About six months after I was there, they sent out an email saying that we were the Chicago Sun Times and all its subsidiaries were filing for uh, bankruptcy. So in order to cut costs, they were going to be cutting some jobs and cutting some hours. So six months after I got into my first official design job, my days were spent scanning PDFs, scanning order instructions from sales reps and faxing those to like somewhere in India because, you know, uh, they decided to like outsource all the graphic design jobs from the newspaper to India. So we were like this weird in-between person who was just kind of like, I don't know, like sending all like the the instructions and like I don't know, it was it was like a total like <laughs> bull you know bullshit job. Um, so then while I was doing that because I was just I was totally um, just not even engaged anymore, I decided to apply for a teaching position at a community college that was right down the road from where I worked for the newspaper, um, just to kind of you know honestly, I applied for the job just seeing like, huh, I wonder if they would even interview me. So I applied for the job, got a call like a week later to come in for an interview. Um, did, did one interview and they basically told me they're like, we're not, you know, and up to this point, I had done a bunch of like freelance. I had been doing art gallery shows. Um, I had been a, a gallery exhibiting painter for like, you know, 10 years at the, at this time. And so they hired me on the basis of 
all the stuff that I had done in a small window of time. They were like, we're really interested in like your story and your real world experience. So they brought me in uh, and I worked as an adjunct instructor teaching, teaching um, graphic design courses for um, about, about five years. And while I was working there and I knew like my, I knew like my time was coming to an end at the newspaper because they were just like cutting people left and right, left and right. Um, one night at, in like the hallway of the school I was teaching, I saw um, a flyer that said like looking for graphic designers for like a sports apparel company that was located in uh, Morris, Illinois, which was, it was 10 minutes away from, from where I was living at the time. And I was like, huh, I'm going to, I'm going to send an email, sent an email um a couple days later got let go from the newspaper and then a couple days after that i got a call from the sports apparel company to come in for an interview um so did that you know rock the interview um they wanted to hire me but they were on like a hiring freeze so i kind of like sat around for like three months and then finally got hired there as like uh, a lead lead graphic designer and lead illustrator and I was there for um I was there for about five years as well and my last year there well let me let me let me bring it back to like so sometime in 2012 I was asked to I, I'm I'm working at the um I'm working at the sports apparel company and I get asked to be a part of this art collective that's in Chicago. They were a they were a six member art collective. Two of the members were going to be leaving, so they were looking to fill those spots. Uh, this art collective they had a gallery space. They would host their own shows, but then they would also host um, other art exhibitions there as well. So they asked me to be a part of it, and then they asked me if I knew anybody else that would want to join in. So um, I suggested this guy that I knew from the Chicago art scene named Joey Potts, who is now the, who is the creative director for 18th Street Brewery in Indiana. And the reason that this story is important is because Joey from 18th Street actually got his job at, as the creative director at the brewery while I was still at the sports apparel company. So I'm at the sports apparel company, Joey and I, we're at the, we're um, part of the art collective for about a year and some change. Then we left because our, our careers were just too busy. You know, I had a full-time job. I was still, I was still teaching. I was doing this art collective thing. I was still trying to do my own like personal artwork and, and illustration and do, doing gallery shows and stuff like that. So fast forward to um, fast forward to like the end of my life cycle at the um, at the sports apparel company. Uh, I got a message from Joey saying like, "Hey, some guys from a brewery just came in here and they asked if I knew anybody who um, they're looking for. You know, they're looking for labels and illustrations and apparel and all the." accoutrement that go with um, opening a brewery and I gave them without hesitation I gave them your information so if you get a, an email from this guy or this guy 
you know, that that's where it came from. Uh, about two days, about two days later, uh, I got an email from Todd Randall, the, uh, the owner of 350. And he was like, Hey, you know, just met, just met Joey Potts from 18th street brewery. You come highly recommended. Uh, I'm getting ready to open a brewery. I'd like to talk about like doing some illustration and some labels and where I need some stuff. And, um, and before I actually got that email, I was interested in doing like doing a beer label. So I was reaching out to other breweries and be like, Hey, I'd love to do a label for you guys sometime, blah, blah, blah. And never, never really heard anything back. Never got any traction from that. Um, so then when, when Todd emailed me, I was like, all right, this will be cool. So him and I met up at uh, a bar in blue Island, Illinois, uh, about a week after he emailed me and we, we sat down. Um, he kind of told me about his ideas, um, things he was looking for, things he would like. Um, it was, it just turned into like this eight hour, like drunken brainstorming session. And I kind of got to work on stuff about a week later. And this, this would have been in, if I'm not mistaken, I believe this was in like September, October of 2013. Um, my first beer label hit shelves in February of 2014. And I know that because I was freaking out trying to get it to them and get them to approve it and send it to the printer like 12 hours before I was leaving on a flight to go to Ireland. So it was like my first beer label, this big sort of, um, career portfolio piece that I've been wanting to do forever. I was trying to like get finalized and get approved and make sure it got into print and production like 12 hours before I was leaving the country for like nine days. Um, and then all of 20, all of 2014, I still worked at the, the sports apparel company. And then at night and on the weekends, I would do uh, freelance design and illustration and anything that the that the brewery needed um, that was like my probably like my single freelance client I just spent all my time working on that under the guise that I wanted to get a full-time position there they opened their doors of the brewery in September of 2014 and then they hired me full-time in December of in December of 2014. And when, uh, when Todd sent me that text message, I was like, Hey, we're ready to, I was at work and he was like, Hey man, we're ready to, uh, we're ready to hire you full time. He was like, go ahead. And be, Cause he knew I hated it there. Cause there was just a bunch of, you know, red tape and bureaucratic BS. He was like, go ahead and quit that fucking place, man. We're ready to hire you full time. And it was like that whole, uh, it was like that whole scene in like fight club where it was like, I left work that day knowing that the the next morning was going to be like was going to be the best best breakfast that I've ever eaten in my entire life and it was going to be you know it was going to be like the start uh start of something new and the way that sports apparel place worked is the owner was kind of like a fucking douche so if you put in your two-week notice he would he would let you go that day. He'd be like, well, if you if you if you don't want to work for my company anymore, like don't take don't take a paycheck from me for the next two weeks. 
So I knew going into it, if I put my two week notice in that I was just going to get walked out the door anyway. So I went in, I sat in like this meeting about all these new policies and bullshit and all this rhetoric about how these procedures we were going to have to do for like the upcoming season. And then at the end of it, you know, they had us sign this thing saying we understood the the new rules and regulations. And then I was like, all right, I quit. And then like walked out of the meeting. Like I had already had like my stuff pulled off my computer and all my desk cleaned out. I did it the did it the night before. Drove to drove to 350 Brewing Company, sat down, had a meeting with Todd about stuff that we needed to get going on. And then I worked, I worked, I worked the bar, I worked behind the bar that night. And now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> that's great that there yeah i totally know that like you're just kind of smiling while all the bullshit's going on you're just like yeah you can tell me whatever you want me to say you're like as soon as this yeah. meeting's over i'm gonna tell you like uh fuck you fuck you you're cool fuck you i'm out yeah yeah man that was it that was exactly it man because and there were a couple people in the meeting that knew i was quitting and so i was like in the meet i was in the meeting and i was super engaged i was gonna and I was say like, yeah oh, Man, Matt, like, well, Matt is making some this? great suggestions today. Where, what, Matt? Like they pull you aside. We're really proud of the work. Well, way to be a team hey, player today. You're really stepping. You're really up. on fucking fire, man. <laughs> you're like, dude. I'm. Yeah, you have no idea. Like this is what you should have been. This is how you should have treated me six months ago. Yeah, man. Yeah, and that was. Uh, and uh, I, honestly, like the the last straw with that place was I was asked to like, I got like. Uh, I got like a huge raise and I was asked to like lead the creative team, like, you know, get people fired up about doing like new, new illustrations, like make, build a team of people in a library of like the most insane graphics for like the minor league and like peer league sports apparel, apparel teams. And, uh, and then the, and I got like, I got like a, a big raise associated with that. And then the owner of the company was like, all right, well, I'm going out of town for like a week. When, when I get back, we'll formulate a game plan. And I was like, all right, cool. So I went to, I went home, I went home that night and was like, I was all in, like, I was all in with that company. I was like, I just got a, I just got like a huge raise on the spot. I just got made like the creative lead of like the company. Um, so I was like, I went home on a Friday night, like super flying high. And then week goes by and then this email goes out and like this position goes to like this girl that was a total fucking moron. And like nobody had any sort of idea that it was like going to her. Everybody like was looking at the email and was like, really? She got that position? That doesn't make any sense. So that was kind of like, that was kind of like the last straw that happened like about a month before I left, before I left there. And I was just, I was so fucking done with that place at that point, man. Cause I was basically blatantly like lied to. And most people would be like, yeah, man, you got like a huge raise for like a position that you didn't get. Cause that's the thing is like, I still got the raise, like my page my paycheck still increased, but they just didn't give me the position. And for me, that was almost more insulting because um, I take a huge, I take a huge amount of pride in, in the work that I do and people wanting me to 
be involved and wanting to include me in the growth of their company or their business or their project. So for me, for you to be like, Hey, here's 10 grand for taking on this position. Oh, on second thought, like we're going to give it to this girl that's banging a manager. I was just like, fuck this company, man. So I was, I was mentally just done and checked out. And then, uh, you know, and then, you know, about a, about a month later, I just, I, I pieced out after some stupid bullshit corporate meeting. And now I get to, now I get to draw things puking for a living. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, you did. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I always think the struggle is part of the story and I, that's why I find it always interesting. You know, what, what got you there and you, you know, I think dealing with shitty bosses and shitty jobs is just as important as good jobs. Cause you know, what you like or working for somebody else. A lot of people always said that when we've interviewed them. You know, being an entrepreneur, you know, is knowing what it's like to be part of a a bigger collective, whether it's, you know, the literal collective you're in or just kind of a, you know, that corporate thing. You know, you know where you excel and where you don't. And so I think, you know, it's better to get those. It's better to have those grunt days, I guess, early on in life than when you're older, especially with a family and shit like that. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, just like you're saying, you know, you, you pretty much at, at the peak of it working, you know almost two plus full-time jobs, you know, to, to get what you wanted, you know, you obviously had to pay the bills and put the lights on, but you know, you know, what was, you know, deep down inside who, what was really kind of who you were. So it's always, it's always commendable. Cause I think that's really another, you know, breaking point for folks. Cause if it was easy, right. The hustle, then most folks, you know, wouldn't be doing what they were doing every day, but they'd sure, they sure make a moment to, you know, to complain about what they do. But, you know, I think, I think in a way you can control that to an extent, or at least, you know, have an outlet that's creative. Like I, I definitely like my, 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 uh, normal job. I don't have any negatives about it, but it doesn't give me, it doesn't, it's not a creative outlet for me. I'm in sales, but so that's why I made it a point to, to do something that was creative. And so I can lead by example for my kids. Yeah, man, absolutely, man. And it's, uh, it's, you know, my theory has always been, so you have, you know, the reason I've always done, like you said, like two or had like two or three jobs going at once is because you have one job that, that pays the bills. Like maybe that's what your insurance is through. Maybe that's where you make a decent amount of your coin, whatever it is. And then you have one that maybe you don't make that much money on, but it does what I call it. It fills your emotional gas tank. Um, and it keeps you, it keeps you internally sort of, sort of running. And then you have like a third thing that maybe you do because it's really fun. It allows you a bunch of creativity. Um, and you know, you're probably just like a mildly like insane fucking person. And you're just like, you know what? I need the, like I function, I function really, really well on have with having a bunch of shit on my plate. Like I find that I work better that way. So if I have like three deadlines from 350 and then something with stupid rad merch company, and then this guy that I'm doing an album cover for, like he bumped his deadline up two weeks. If I got all that shit on my plate, it forces me to... Um, it forces me to, to almost focus more, but getting back to like what you were saying, um, you know, I think it's important to have those things that, you know, make it available for you to, to live and, you know, pay your bills and keep the lights on. But then you also need to do things that 
fill your emotional gas tank and sort of like internally keep keep your system oiled and greased up and if you can you can marry and harmonize keeping the lights on and and paying the bills with filling your emotional gas tank obviously you know that's sort of like the end result um but that's usually that's usually always like a um a, a rarity you know um especially in the you know especially in the in the craft beer scene um not a lot there's not a lot of people that i know that are like full-time creative directors at breweries they do something else and then they do the art and design and creative direction for whatever brewery they work at they do that at night um and that's mainly because it's because it's such a you know quote-unquote like fun job it doesn't really like you know it doesn't really pay that great man um so you kind of have to like but it's one of those things, man, you know, you're, you're, you're in an industry that's super fun. That's really laid back that there's not a ton of rules and structure to, so you're gonna, you know, you're going to be less likely to, uh, you're gonna be less likely to have like, you know, a fucking chest grabber when you're, when you're, when you're 36, than if you were like an accountant crunching numbers for, for some, for some company, you know? Yeah, exactly. And we are back. Matthew is a talker. It's actually nice. It makes my job super easy to shoot out a nice question to him. And he has stories for days. He is a chatty Cathy. And I mean that in the most kindest way possible. So it's really nice. Each artist, each experience has been different. Some artists, it's, you know, you're trying to get the information out of them or they don't want to talk about themselves too much others you know like you know goldilocks just right you know there's different different levels but matthew he says he warned me ahead of time as he would say that he likes to talk and it was great it's just really been a good experience and so i think you get to get the feel of matt and see how he likes the stories for days so i think it's really great he's a storyteller who knows maybe he'll get himself his own his own podcast or just some storytelling but he's a he's a new dad really really good guy over there so 350 brewing is the the brewery he works with todd over there great story how they met and you can also check out his midwestern and then stupid rad merch company you can also find him on instagram as well matthew ryan sharp you are listening to the 16 ounce canvas 16oz Often imitated, never replicated. Is that how that goes? I don't know. Something like that. We've definitely been noticing a few. We'll take them as uh, nice homages, I will say, to what we're doing here. So we, we thank those who like the idea so much they're trying to use it as their own. So cheers to you guys. We do appreciate that. But we are here each and every week. We're trying new things up on the website and how we're introducing the different artists. Because the thought process there, and there's a few different schools of thought with it, but we transcribe the text and it's quite literal. So sometimes the spoken word when it's conversational doesn't always translate well to verbatims. So we're trying to make sure that we properly represent the artist. We don't want it to be confusing or difficult to read. 
and maybe that might turn you off from listening to the podcast. But on the flip, what is really important is that while the audio, you know, the podcast, which you're listening to right now, is the, the bread and butter of what we're doing, it's about art. It's about design. It's about being creative, the use of color, you know, pen and ink, line work. And so you need to be able to see that. So we'll, over the next few weeks, we'll be trying different methods. We'll look for, for feedback. Maybe you, if you have some ideas of what you think would be great, we'd love to hear from you. We'll check the, you know, the access logs to see if you see any spikes or drops and kind of go from there. What we're envisioning for the, for the next round of iterations with the site is that we will post the, the podcast like we normally do. You can find it on the website. You can find it on Apple and iTunes. You can find it Stitcher, Google Play, you know, wherever, wherever you get your podcast on, we will get there. And if you do have a moment just to you know, try to play to you, ask you for a quick favor. If you haven't already, if you head on over to Apple and iTunes, if you, you know, give us a review or just rate the show, we would love, we would love that. It helps bump us up. We listed our podcast in design genre so it's a trying to really focus on the art of what we're doing here the art of craft beer but like i said so the podcast and the audio form will will stay the same you know we'll keep making sure we put a high quality product you know produced it keep the music going really try to you know drive that home but on the website we're going to try to do an abridged version of what we're doing already right now and by that we'll probably take you know a handful of the questions or discussions that you know, evolve from them and feature them on the site in the interviews section, you know, in their own words, and then clean them up a little bit and then interwove their different images, designs, some of the sketches, maybe added, you know, additional galleries. And also we're thinking of maybe embedding the player on that page also so you can listen to it while you're looking at their work. So I've always been of the mindset that folks do things differently. Some may only know us from the podcast. Some may only check out the text. Some may only follow us on Instagram. We don't know. But whatever it is, everyone has their own likes, preferences, things that they would you know, enjoy seeing or customize to them. So we'll try to make sure we hit all those. Whatever you're into, you know, we will... We'll have something for you. So that's what we're trying to do. You know, if you notice things look a little different, maybe a little wonky over the next few weeks, we're really trying to streamline this. And that's really we, we, myself, and I. I am just the host here, but hopefully in the future we'll all be able to get together, have a few pints in 3D, and enjoy some artwork in person. But without further ado, let's get back into it. Part two Matthew Ryan Sharp. 16 ounce canvas episode number 28 enjoy now your style you because you said that you were you know you're painting in galleries and you know you have a, a distinct style now has that always been your same style how would you describe kind of your your aesthetic we'll get to get right at it how, how would you describe i think that yeah man i think that's oh, a, go ahead. no i think it's interesting because i also i like that you know you know, you worked like, you know, some of your other jobs working with the sports apparel or the creative or, or you're doing some other things. I think versatility is important. And I think it probably also taught you a lot about, 
you know, trying to custom, you know, customize your look or your design to, you know, meet the needs of somebody else, which I think, again, is uh, somebody running their own business is, is really interesting is that the ability like the handle rejection. Well, so I think it's interesting. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, you know, when it comes to, you know, when it comes to like my, my personal artwork and the stuff that I was showing in galleries before my, before my graphic design career sort of took off, it was very much this, the same stuff. If you go to my website, there's a little, there is one section. It's only got about like six or seven paintings in it. And they're like more recent paintings, but they're just, um, they're just more recent versions of the stuff that I've always done. Um, I mean, at the core of, of what I've always done, it's always been very heavy black line work, um, either like muted, you know, muted fall earth tone, sort of like dust bowl era colors or like really bright sort of like crazy shit or a mixture of those two things, like the juxtaposition of those two things. Um, and then as far as my, you know, as far as my graphic design stuff goes, um, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to always wanted to do graphic design that looked like the way I illustrated and the way that I drew. And I just found, I just found a way to do that. Like when, when I was in college and I learned, um, and I learned Adobe Illustrator, you know, my first, my first course in college was this intro to graphic design where you hand rendered everything. And obviously I burned through that cause I drew and painted every night. Then my next course was Photoshop, which was, you know, I was mildly, I thought it was kind of cool. I was mildly interested in it because I was like new to computers in general. Um, when I went to college, like I never really like messed with computers too much until I went to college. So then I took Photoshop and I was like, oh, this is cool. But you're kind of just like taking photos that exist and like, oh, I'm going to like make this baby have octopus arms. And like, you're just mashing up like kind of like other people's shit. Um, and so I was like, ah, this is cool. And I could see like, you could do some cool stuff with it, but, um, it, it still wasn't like, it still didn't really grab me. But then when I learned Adobe illustrator and I learned that you could draw on the computer, I was like, huh, this is kind of interesting. And then I found out like, you know, and then I learned about like what, like what vector actually is and how it, you know, it's not, it, you know, it's a, it's a line segment program. It's not a pixel based program. So you can zoom in, you know, 3000% and it's never going to get, it's never going to get fuzzy or pixelated. Cause I always hated seeing like low resolution shit on the computer. It always annoyed me. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, so this is like, so then I started like learning the ins and outs of the computer and like what it was that I liked about computers and design programs and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, but getting back to like what you were saying, like how I, how would I describe my style? Um, the, the two best things that I've ever heard is you know for me personally i've always been i've always been influenced by like album artwork like skateboard graphics from like mid 80s you know to, to late 90s 
um, you, you know, kind of like that stereotypical, you know, that stereotypical shit that like a lot of kids are, are into that were, you know, that were like, um, born in like the seventies and eighties. Um, I was, you know, been a big fan of like tattoo culture, anything with like heavy, bold black lines and then like colors filling in that line work. Um, but the two best ways I've ever had what I do described to me is, um, one of my first art shows, like, you know, patrons of the exhibition will walk around and you kind of had to stand there and be like, Hey, I'm Matthew Ryan Sharp. I'm the artist. Here's my pictures. Like, please, please tell me all your opinions about what you think right to my face. And, uh, this girl, this girl told me, she's like, I really, really like your stuff, but it's kind of dark. Um, so that was actually the moniker that I used for like many, many years. Um, that was my website used to be it's kind of dark.com. Um, and, um, when I was on forums and I was in like different chat rooms and stuff like that pertaining to, uh, pertaining to, to artwork and gallery exhibition and like sort of the subculture that I was a part of my, um, you know, my member name was, it's kind of dark. And I, I used that for many, many, many years. So like the first thing was, you know, it's kind of dark, you know, there's like this element of whimsy, but then there's also this element of sort of like, eh, something's a little fucking off kilter. Um, and then the other thing that I heard was actually like when I was working in the tap room at 350, cause I would, I would do all the graphic design, you know, still do all the graphic design for 350. But then when I was living in Illinois, I would, um, I'd work the tap room four nights a week as well to make, you know, to make that extra scratch. So, um, this guy who was, I mean, he was, he was an older guy, man. He was like in his eighties or something. And he was, I, I was, I was actually like his, his, uh, you know, the, the server of his table. And he was like, you know, who, who does all the, this, the, the illustration, these drawings and everything. He was like, enamored with everything i was like actually you know it's gonna sound kind of crazy but like i actually do everything and he was like oh my god and he just had nothing but like praises for what i was doing he was like this is unbelievable he was like i've been uh he was like i've been an illustrator for like 40 years he was like this stuff is so great like it's got such a fun voice and you know i i can't even think of like because i was kind of like taken aback because he was it was like such a, like a glowing review i was waiting for like ashton kutcher to jump out and like somebody to like throw a pie at my dick or something and uh so he said that it, it reminded him of if calvin and hobbs were assholes <laughs> that's so that's yeah, like, that's a good that's that's like yeah if you have a press kit out that should be yeah you should definitely have it on there i love calvin and Hobbs. that's hilarious yeah, so I mean that's honestly that that's like the two, you know, I'm uh, you know, I'm a uh, you know, to 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 shorten the story up in like one sentence is like I'm a I'm a hardworking Midwestern kid that grew up on like skateboarding, loud music, tattoo culture, blowing shit up with fireworks, and my art's been described as like bold line work colorful and if calvin and Hobbes were assholes <laughs> well there you go yeah and you actually yeah and you bring that all together i mean i i as to date ourselves i mean i remember the 
the garbage pail kids so the the one you know the the jerry bomb label is is great i really i love that one especially the, the blowing shit up we had definitely had kids in our neighborhood who definitely would uh were lucky they still have all their fingers when i was growing up yeah man for sure and that's uh yeah like the yeah so 350 we do we do a we do a seasonal beer release so one comes out with every season so spring summer fall winter um, we do a beer series called Gutter Punk Kids, and it's yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a total play on Garbage Pail Kids. It's the layout's very similar. Like I got the little peel here sticker arrow. Yeah, they do they and, peel uh, off. I've been wondering that. They peel off? No, I was no. Say, that'd, be we, a, that'd be the biggest. That probably would cost you an arm and a leg. That's seen. Yeah, because you'd have to get like what's called a kiss cut, and uh, yeah, it'd be a super pain in the ass. But people ask that a lot. I just did it for authenticity purposes. I wanted it to look as close to the label as possible as I could get it. And to this day, I still think like my, the most clever thing I've ever come up with was replacing the tops logo and making it say hops. <laughs> I did notice like, that I, too. I think, that, that's subtle. I love that shit. Yeah. Like I think that's, I think that's probably like the most, like that, that'll probably be like the best thing I ever do. Like it just, it came to me and I was just like, Oh my God, how the fuck hasn't somebody done this already? Like, even if it was like, you know, somebody did a beer label, it's like a baseball card or something like that. Cause I mean, there's millions of beer labels out there. I just, I was just like, how has somebody not done this? And I was just like, fuck it, I'm doing it, man. And um, to, to this day, like I said, it's still like, I look at that and I'm just like, it's that little detail. I got this crazy illustration that took me, you know, 15 hours to complete as the center of the label. But then this little thing in the corner, that's like this text that I redrew and illustrated. I'm just like, Oh man, that thing's so fucking badass. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's so great. And I, yeah, the, one of the breweries that does one that's like a baseball card, like uh, is RAR down in uh, Maryland. And it's, I think it's like puck face or, you know, it's basically the playoff, the, the Billy Ripken card, the, the fuck face one. I don't know if you know, that yeah. one, which I love. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I was down there and I was like, the guy was wearing a shirt and I was like, that's fucking, that's the fuck face. And I'm like, okay, you're in Maryland, Baltimore. Like the whole, I was like, yeah, it was, it was great. I was like, way to go. Yeah. That shit's that awesome, man. When people, you know, when people can do stuff that's like, you know, not only like pertains to the region that they're air in but then can also do something really really clever um I, I i love that sort of shit man like i've seen some stuff where uh like two of the most two of the things that i love is i saw i can't think of i can't think of the brewery right offhand but it's it's the it looks like the like the tree air the labels look like the tree air freshener but they're like hop tones instead um i can't think i can't i can't think like what the what the what the the brewery is that does that but it, it looks like the christmas tree or like the tree air fresheners that you hang in your car but they're hot cones and i mean they're it, it was designed flawlessly like it looks so good and i was like it's one of those things that's how you know like when you see good design or you see a good illustration you look at it and you're like fuck i wish i would have thought of that man um so there's that one, and then there is this brewery that did a series of beers, and they base their labels off of old, like, Krylon spray paint cans. 
yeah, all the, I, know, all the, I know you're talking the, about for those ones. I think, yeah, I'm not sure what, but it's like that white with the orange and the yeah, red, the red, yeah. yellow, and blue circles. Yeah. Yeah, man. I saw that and I was just like, fuck, it's so good. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I love, I love, sh- I love shit like that, man. I love, uh, I love seeing stuff where I'm just like, you know, man, I wish I would have thought of that. And then it like, I, I feel like it makes you sort of like, it makes you sort of like think a little bit harder and think a little bit more about what you're doing. Cause I mean, you know, I know a lot of people, they always want like, you know, and me personally, like I always want that reaction. Like I want somebody to look at something I did and be like, damn, I wish I would have thought of that. Like I want to be that, you know, whatever that catalyst or that news for somebody else out there to like kind of get them, you know, get them fucking charged up and going. Well, you're doing a good job, man. We noticed, so we're going. Thanks, thanks, man. I appreciate. It. I appreciate. It. It's always cool when. Uh, it's always cool when people when people you know pre- appreciate what you do. And this is again, man. This is such like a cool platform where it's just strictly focusing on the people that are like making craft beer look good. Um, yeah, love, that's what we've been saying. You know, that. the the artists who bring your favorite beers and breweries to life. You know, I think it's trying. Yeah, you know, it's, kind of, it's kind of just kind of evolved, but. I envision it if you were drawing it probably like a, like a Frankenstein or something like that, like, you know, like, and so it's, it's, yeah, it's going good. And I'm, everyone's having a good time. And I think everyone's styles are, are totally different. So that's even my, one of my other favorite, you know, pieces of it is a, it's definitely an eclectic mix of, of folks. Oh yeah, for sure, man. And just like listening to, you know, cause I think I, I've, I've listened to, I've listened to every interview except like, um, I'm behind. I haven't listened to like the last two just because I've been out of town. And what I've the fuck? What? I know. <laughs> Booking dropping the ball, <laughs> yeah. man. Sorry, this interview's cut like, short. We gotta go. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah, and again, uh, and again, we'll just go on the record. I mean, Matthew, you know, we have this crazy idea, especially. I mean, maybe artists connect with crazy ideas better than anybody. But when you have an idea and you're not really sure, and you reach out to somebody and they write back like, "Fuck yeah!" I mean, that's what I've been looking for. Something like this, or. And you know they listen when you talk to them. It's not like, oh yeah, you're doing good, and it's, you know they engage or get feedback. So I definitely I feel that vibe, and I you know I do appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I absolutely like I said, I'm I'm 100 on board with whatever you're gonna want to do in the future because I love I love the platform, um, and I think it's I think it's I think it's super super important, especially in the you know, especially in the day and age that we, we, we live in, you know, the craft, the craft beer scene is massive and it's growing. And yeah, I think it's important for the people who create uh, great labels and great branding and all that stuff to be honored the same way that, you know, the same way that like, you know, a good, a good beer is honored, man. You know, going back to like what Jason Burke said, man, we're, we're sort of like, we're, we're sort of like the, you know, the frontline infantry men in, in, uh, in like this, uh, craft beer war, I guess you could say. So, you know, you should make your shit look as good as possible to engage the viewer and make them want to buy, um, you know, make them want to, make them want to grab the product and then, you know, it's up to, you know, the symbiotic relationship of the, the designer or the, you know, the brand manager or whatever, and the brewers 
to bring that to bring that together so people like continue to drink the beer but yeah man uh, as soon as uh, as soon as you reached out to me and were like hey like I'm this this is what I'm doing like I'd love for you to be a part of it I was just like oh my god this is this is fucking awesome and then to go back and like listen to the backlog because I think when you reached out to me you had like you'd already had like seven or eight of them done so I was going back and like listening to them all and I wanted to like kind of hear just like what the format was and I was familiar with a, 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 a decent amount of the people that you had interviewed already but then there were some people that I, I was I was new to and I liked how everybody kind of had like a different story everybody had a different approach everybody has like you know, there were some people that they're like oh yeah i just like i paint this thing and then i hand it off to like you know i hand it off to like and in their internal design team and they lay out all the text and stuff like that it's always cool to hear like people's level of involvement like either like i'm in it from like start to finish or like i do this section and then it gets handed off and then it's kind of out of my hands. So it's cool to like hear that and uh, just learn about everybody else's processes. And I think you do a good, I think you do a super good job of like, you do a super good job asking the tough questions. A AJ, we're, we're getting down to the hard, we're getting down to the hard facts here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, no, life's like, there's just so much bullshit in life that's like stressful. You know, I think it's important to uh you know celebrate folks for for something they do that's good and you know beer makes people happy and oh yeah and i think it's great too i think more and more that uh breweries you know the fact that now they can you know you went from kind of doing it you know freelance for for 350 to say we've you know we've hired you you know and you're still doing other stuff and i think that's this show is like okay where where things are and so i yeah i also have come in you know to more appreciate breweries for, for taking that chance you know it's they could easily slap a, you know, get a permanent marker and just do a, you know, their logo and just say, hey, this is beer X, Y, and Z and slap it on a can or a crowler and just, you know, and people will buy it, especially if it's a good product. So I think it's, you know, it just, the whole vibe, I think it's a, it's a good commitment on both sides to them appreciate the hard work that goes into it because art's tangible. And so I feel a lot of artists get fucked over that way, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, the, the classic, you know, I used to be in radio and did bands and stuff and it's just you know and did freelance websites and it's kind of like oh you know this will get you a lot of exposure and it's like okay like how much how much you know free shit can somebody do you know yeah yeah for sure and it's it's hard to it's hard to pay student loans with exposure <laughs> well said like, yeah i, 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 I try i try sending at least one email a month to my student loan company and be like hey guys I got a I got a flatbed truck full of exposure for you. Um, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna be driving down to yeah, what's Pennsylvania the to get that for you. Yeah, what's the exchange rate today on the uh, on the on the you know the exposure here? Because I got tons of it here. It's like I'm waiting to cash yeah. in at that right moment. Yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for that. Uh, I'm waiting for the the Nasdaq numbers on exposure to go through the fucking roof so I can get paid. Yeah, right. Paper is good. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, man. So, how is the the process when you work with Todd over there? Now, how how do you know when new labels are needed? You know, what's I, I was like this from a good like project management standpoint. Like, how are you how are you managing you know that that process? Yeah, man. Um, it's 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 pretty fucking chaotic, and it's pretty unstructured. Um, but 
again, thankfully, like I kind of like, I can kind of excel in like when the chips are sort of like stacked against me, I feel like that's when I kind of come up with the best ideas. Cause one thing that I've noticed about myself is I never want to feel like I'm the reason or something that I did is the reason that a company failed or uh, a beer failed or a release didn't go as planned. So I always want to make sure that like, even if it means like I compromised sleep or I stayed up for two days, making sure something got the print on time. I always want to make sure that like shit on my end is super, super tight. So um, that's a hard and it's a good thing that I work that way because I have to work that way more times than not with 350. Um, I mean, we're a super, super small crew at 350. Um, Todd and Todd and Dusty are the owners. Todd is kind of like he's the founder. He's the idea man. Um, Dusty is our head brewer, and he's also an owner. He's got an assistant that helps him out a little bit. We have two full-time bartenders, and then we have, like, two full-time kitchen staff. And then everything else is sort of, like, made up of a sprinkling of, like, part-timers and, like, seasonal staff and stuff like that. But we're a super, super, like, tight-knit and small, small operation. So, um, you know, going back to what you were asking as far as, like, project management and that sort of stuff, they're not necessarily like the best at communication. Um, it was better when I lived in Illinois because I worked behind the bar four nights a week. So I could be like, Hey, what are you brewing right now? Hey, is this going to need a label? Is this going to be on tap only? I could ask sort of like all those questions that I needed in order to, um, you know, in order to like do my job accurately. Um, you know, so that like that proves to be a little chaotic from time to time. Like there's been times where I found out that like on Monday that a beer was going to be getting released in bombers in the tap room the following Monday. And I didn't even really, I had like a rough like, oh, hey, this beer, like we might be doing this beer in the future. So then I would have to like do the drawing um, and that, that's the other thing too, is like my process takes longer because I do a conceptual sketch, then I make a Xerox copy of that. And then I ink everything to sort of like fine tune my line work. And then I scan that in and I redraw everything in Adobe Illustrator. So by the time it gets to the label phase, I've already drawn the illustration three times. Um, so that process just takes me a little bit longer and I use um I use the pen tool in Adobe Illustrator and I use I use a mouse like I don't use uh I don't use a Cintiq or a, or a uh, you know a stylus or a pen tabler or anything like that um it's it's just the way it's just the way I learned um using using the mouse and the pen tool and um that just I'm I'm really really fast and, and accurate with it and it's also I think it's also kind of like what gives my look to it because it's like this weird mixture of like 
curves and then it'll go to like weird angles and stuff like that just my my drawing style it, it lends itself well to like the way that i do it because that's the way i draw that's kind of like the way i draw naturally is i'll, I'll go from like a, a fluid smooth area to like a hard angular section um but you know going back to you know as far as like the structure at at 350 um you know, I have to be, I have to be like super, super fluid and, you know, because it, it it's kind of like feast or feast or famine, you know, like, like I talked, talked about at like the, the beginning of the podcast, you know, there'll be stuff where like, there's a, there's a month where there's like not much going on or, you know, there's not too many like releases, everything, everything, like nothing's getting packaged. Everything's going to be on tap. Um, and maybe I already have like all the illustrations done for that. Cause they're, they're beers going on tap that we've had on tap before. Um, but then there's other times where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my list of shit that I got to do right now. Um, this month I have to do, and I just kind of got this list, um, a couple days ago, I'm looking at like six like six labels slash um, or like promotional illustrations. So some stuff's going to be getting like canned, some stuff's going to be getting bottled and some stuff's just going to be going on tap. But Todd likes to have like images for our on tap stuff to be able to put on social media and promote and stuff like that. Sort of like, op, you know, sort of like optics stimuli to, to bring people in, in order to like want to, want to, want to try the beer and stuff like that um but as far as working with todd i mean him and i have been working together since october of 2013 and you know when we sat down that that day at that bar at that bar when we first met and he was telling me like the first beer that they were packaging at the time was called crook county ipa because um the 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 brewery is located in cook county um, Illinois. Um, so it was, it, you know, it was a play on that. And his original idea when he was telling me about it, like, and it, mind you, this is like the first time we met, he was like, you know, I want to have like that, that, you know, that green highway sign that says like, welcome to Cook County, but then like somebody spray painted a red R on it. And I was immediately like, ah, I don't know, man, I feel like that's kind of like the that's kind of like the obvious solution for like the, you know, it's kind of like the obvious solution for that visual problem. Like I just wasn't like, I just wasn't set on like, okay, this is the first beer you're packaging. This is kind of like your first beer that's going out into the world. Like let's maybe do something that's going to be a little bit more like eye catching and make it so people will like gravitate towards a little bit more. You know, there might be some people that think like that idea is kind of like clever, um, but I, I, I felt like it, it was kind of like generic and it was kind of like the, the easy way out, so to speak. So I was just like, yeah, man, um, you know, that's not, that's not bad, but like, let me come up with some, like, let me come up with some sketches and some ideas for you. And uh, like, let's just go from there. So then like a week later, I came up with, um, you know, over the course of the week, I, I, I did some drawing and I came up with like this old school like burglar crook with like he has like a burlap sack over his shoulder with like a hop cone on it. And he's got on like a beanie 
and like you know the like the uh you know the little eye covering mask like kind of he kind of looks, looks like the hamburglar a little bit and i was like I, you know because i'm big into like mascots and iconography and the sort of um you know the stuff from like the it was the 50s to the 80s where every product that came out had a mascot or a character or a personality associated with it. So then that way, like, people sort of got, like, emotionally invested. So anytime they saw that guy, they're like, oh, man, that, like, that beer must be coming around again. Or, you know, or, oh, hey, it's that rabbit. Like, the, that, you know, the, this must be something for that cereal company or, you know, what, whatever have you. I've always liked that idea because um, I just – I, I, I don't know why I think it goes back to just like my childhood and the stuff that like interested me as a, as a child. Like I was always any, anything that was like super visually, um, visually entertaining. I always, I always liked, um, but you know, Todd gives me, um, you know, and then, well, let me back up to, you know, doing that crook character. I did a bunch of research because this was the first beer label that I had ever done. So I had to look up, see what the measurements were. I had to reach out to the label company and be like, Hey, do you guys have a template for this label size? Um, you know, the, 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 the craft beer scene was around at, at the, you know, at the end of 2013, but I, you know, it's, it's definitely like so much bigger now and there's so many more resources now. So um, I had to do a lot of research. I had to look, I, I took it upon myself to like, go look at like all the, you know, the, the, um, all the government, all the, uh, the governmental stuff that you had to, uh, you know, that you had to look into to have on the label and like certain, certain information on the label needed to be like a certain point size. And it couldn't be like, it had to be like light text on a dark color or a dark text on a light color because it needed to be legible and stuff like that and I, I i sent the first label to todd and he was just like holy holy shit like yes this is so much better than the idea i had um and that became like that that guy like that crook from uh crook ipa um kind of became you know, kind of became like our company mascot and like people just, people gravitated towards it and anything we, you know, anything we put that character on people, you know, people just love it. And, um, so that, I think that solidified Todd's trust in me because we didn't know each other at all. It was our first time meeting. We got like pretty shit faced and like, I was kind of like, yeah, man, I don't know if your idea, like, for this is the best right now, which is kind of like a ballsy move, um, you know, for wanting to, like, do a beer label as bad as I did. But I was confident in my skill set, and I was confident that, like, I got a good read of Todd and the type of person that he was, and I felt like I knew what his brand was going to need. Um and you know, and it and it worked out, and you loved it, and and people still love it to this day. I mean, we just released a shirt at three fifty fest with um, that character on it, and uh, I mean, they they sold they sold out it they sold out at the fest, man. People just really gravitate towards like towards towards that imagery, and uh, you know, the for the for the most part, outside of like the communication being like weird from time to time, just. You know, sometimes I'll get stuff from in an email. Sometimes I'll get stuff in a text. Sometimes I'll get stuff in like a Facebook, uh, you know, message. Um, 
so I kind of have to check like every avenue for, for like incoming things, but I kind of just always need to be like ready and always need to be, um, you know, thinking about like what could be t- potentially be coming down the pipeline. Um, and Todd, Todd gives me a shit ton of freedom, man. Like I, there's really nothing that's off limits for me. And, you know, from listening to like past episodes, you know, you got people that are like, you know, I sit down and I have like a couple meetings and then we do it. I do a design and then I send them that and they give me revisions. It's really not like that. Like with 350, like Todd or Dusty will tell me like what the beer is, what the beer name is. Sometimes it's like something based off of like a song lyric. Sometimes it's just like some sort of like obscure wrestling reference. Sometimes it's just like some goofy like phrase or one-liner they threw out around the brewery. Um, and then, you know, it maybe there will be like something like, hey, can you make sure you put a rooster in it? Or can you make sure that it has this in it? Or, you know, uh, a label that I'm getting ready to work on right now. So I was just like, yeah, can you make it like really bright, like oranges and blues? And like that was my only, that was my only guideline. Um, so I get a ton, a ton of flexibility. Um, and he really, really trusts me. And it's because I think a lot of it is because I've always met my deadlines. Um, I've always got stuff into production on time. Uh, the releases have always come out on time. And I'm going on, I think I'm going on like my 85th label or something like that. And I've never, you know, I've never, I've never produced something that like was lackluster. Um, you know, there's been things where like, I've liked this label more than I've liked that label and and Todd has his favorite labels for his reasons and same with Dusty. He's like, Oh, I think this is the best label you've ever done. Um, and you know, we don't see eye to eye on that, but I've never like, I've never made a shitty label. Like I've never produced a subpar product, even if the time constraint was, was insane. So I think that's why I get the trust and I get the, uh, you know, and I get the, you know, I get the, the, the freedom from Todd is because he knows I, I'm always going to produce, you know, a, a quality product and always put the, the best foot forward for, for the company. Because at the end of the day, so many people now know that, like, I'm the guy that does everything. So not only is a 350 reputation online, on the line, but it's also, you know, my reputation on the line because I worked in the top room so much that, you know, people people have a face to the name and what my role at 350 is. So, you know, it, 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 it's just a personal integrity for me. Like, I never want to, you know, I never want to make a, a shit product. So I feel like, that, I feel like I, I, I've been talking for like 15 minutes straight. No, it's all good, man. Yeah, it's nice. I don't have to like I you I've, as you know, I have a bunch of the the questions. I don't have to like try to get to them. It's very it's, you're making my life very easy, but not in like a oh man, when when's this guy gonna shut the fuck up kind of way? So it's all good. Uh, I definitely would. Yeah, I definitely I, I definitely would cut you off or just edit that shit out. So it's all good. 
I tried to forewarn you, man. I'm like pretty, I'm a, like, I'm a pretty long winded dude. That's why if we would, if we would have done this in person, it would have been awesome because we would have like got hammered and we would have smoked a bunch of cigars like Ron Perlman style. We would have just been lighting the next one with the next one with the next one, but it would have been like a five hour podcast. You would have had to break it up into like seasonal segments. Yeah, I do. I, I do notice the, the love of the cigar. So I do uh, regret that we, that, that's not in person, but like I, I basically am just keeping a map around the country now, and as I travel, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet everybody at some point. So I'm just excited. Oh yeah, so, I can't, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. I love doing stuff like that where you, know, you feel like, you know, you feel like you're friends with somebody on the internet when you have like you've had barely any interaction, but you just feel like I, I have like I, I have like a pretty good read of people, and like just when we were going back and forth and like joking and talking about this and that or whatever. I was just like, yeah, man, I like this dude. Like, I can't yeah. wait to like sit down and have some beers with this dude. It's exactly, just like I know yeah. right away if I like you or if I don't like you. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah, I'm pretty good with that too. Yeah, I can, I can kind of tell. So it's all right. So we'll get matching tattoos. I don't have any tattoos though, so we'll definitely. That's one area that we probably don't. I, I love tattoos. I just don't have any because I know once I got one, I would just like be a walking like you know pincushion. I would just be doing it. Up yeah, man. Place. You. Yeah, you'd end up lo- you'd end up looking like me, but I'm trying to I'm trying to get primed for it so I'll fit in when I go to prison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't hear I didn't hear the joke, and I was like, "Fuck, that was gonna be a good one." So I apologize. It didn't it like it like drop for a second? No, how, how many do you have? Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I in all honesty, I don't know, man. Like when I'm at like, <laughs> like my when nephew, I'm at, like, dude. The- my nephew has no idea anymore how many he has. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, I'd probably keep a little, like, I'd be weird about it. Like, know how many, like, especially in the areas I can't see. Yeah, man. I, what I say, like, when I'm at, like, because I live in, like, a super, super conservative, like, little farming town. Like, people really don't look like how I do in this little town of Ohio. But when I'm at, like, the grocery store or something like that. And somebody's like, oh, boy, you sure do got a lot of stories on you or whatever and they ask me how many tattoos you have i just tell them like i got one really big one with some weird blank spots <laughs> yeah they, just, they, usually, they didn't stop they just kept going yeah yeah it's the just fact like, that yeah the fact they refer to you as boy kind of just says it right there so yeah <laughs> yeah oh yep. oh no excellent excellent now let's see what, what else we want to find out okay and when you're creating like what's music wise? Like what what are you what are you into? Because this uh, this is one of my favorite parts. What's uh what do you rock? Are you uh I feel like you're a rocking out kind of guy, but I don't know. That might be totally presumptuous. No man, you know I it, you know it's it, it's tough man because it, it's really based off of like it's really based off of like mood and it's based off of like a lot of it for me is like I listen to a lot of music like seasonally too. I know that kind of sounds kind of weird, but if it's like cold and dreary out like i'm not gonna like be listening to like justin timberlake or anything like that um but like if i'm driving around in the summertime you know i'm gonna be i'm gonna be blasting i'm gonna be blasting some jt or some CeeLo green or some shit like that man uh like nice dude all right some stuff that's like fun man um hell yeah but you know i listen to i listen to all kinds of stuff man uh I, I mean, I, I do a lot of, I do a lot of work at night. So I have a tendency to, you know, I mean, I'm in my, my studio and in my office, like in my house, you know, pretty late at night, usually from about eight o'clock until one or two in the morning, I'm working on stuff. 
And I listen to a lot of, I listen to, honestly, man, I listen to a lot of podcasts because it makes it feel like I'm kind of like in on a conversation, but like, I don't have to interact with people and I'm not viewed as like being rude for like not talking. So I listen to a, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, you know, I love, I, I love your podcast. I, when, when I found out about it, I, I burned through those, those seven previous episodes within, you know, within a week's time, I, I, I burned through those. Um, I, I really like Joe Rogan's podcast cause you know, he'll, he'll, he'll have stuff on about UFC. He'll have on stuff. He'll have on comedians. He'll have on musicians. Um, he'll have on, um, you know, stuff about health and fitness, stuff about, you know, you know, brain science, stuff about medical marijuana. Um, it's just always kind of like an engaging podcast to listen to because it. Yeah, I've heard, really, I've heard really good things about that. I've listened to a few of them, but yeah, it's definitely, it's interesting because I talk to folks about like the length of the podcast. Some folks are like, you know, if you keep it under an hour, that's great. And other folks are like, I love the longer podcasts, like, oh, like the Joe Rogan ones. And I'm like, oh, okay. So like, I'm not, basically I'm not going to please everybody. So. Yeah, I mean, he's always at like he's usually always at like three hours, man, and and I and I love it. It's not like it's definitely not like a painstaking process. So like, I love listening to his podcast. I really love um, Bill Burr, who's who, who's a comedian. Um, I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of that guy, um, and he does a podcast every Monday morning, and then he does like a quick little like half hour banger every Thursday where he just like basically gets on there and like bitches about shit for a half hour. And then they play like another half hour of kind of like greatest hits from like past podcasts that he's done. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of that. But then, um, yeah, I do, I do listen to a lot of, I do listen to a lot of music, man. I mean, I got like, I got like an iPod with like 5,000 albums on it. And I, I, I kind of, I'm a, I'm not one of those people where it's like, Oh, I got some guilty pleasure stuff, man. Like, no, nah, man, good music is, like, good music is good music. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that's, like, super popular, and it's just like, oh, like, how, how don't you like this? Like, if you're into, like, this metal band, how do you not like this? I mean, there's just, like, there's just shit that, like, I don't like, and that's shit that I do like. So, I mean, I'm a huge, uh, kind of something that I'm always listening to. I'm a huge Tom Waits fan. Um, I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. My favorite band of all time is the Murder City Devils. They're just kind of like this dirty rock and roll band from Seattle. Um, I, lo I love those guys. And I can't even tell you like what I love about them. It's just the first time I heard them, um, I was just like, this band. Like, actually, the first time I heard them, I was like, eh. It just, it, again, it wasn't like the right time of year for me to like hear that album. And then I listened to it like six months later and was just like, this band is so good. Um, but I mean, I've been listening to that band for, I mean, I got my, my buddy for Christmas got me like their, their first album in like 2000 or, or, or something like that. And so I've been listening to those guys for a while. Um, there's like a, a, like a heavier hardcore band out of Marshalltown, Iowa called Modern Life is War. Um, I'm a huge fan of those guys. Um, I listen to a lot of sort of like alt backwoods, like weird country stuff. Like I listen, there's this band called the Pine Hill Haints. They're like, 
this Alabama ghost music sort of stuff. Um, there, there's a band called Woven Hand that's like this weird sort of backwoods religious country stuff. Um, it's it's like kind of talking about like the, you know, the the all lingering like power of God and how you should like fear His wrath and shit like that. It's 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 a really weird like creepy stuff. But the guy's a the guy's a beautiful beautiful songwriter man. I listen to a lot of like I listen to a lot of instrumental stuff like in the fall and winter when it you know when the when the leaves start changing and it starts getting colder and there's snow on the ground. I listen to a lot of instrumental stuff like there's a band from Chicago called Pelican and there's a band from Chicago called Russian Circles. Um, they're both like these instrumental like these instrumental sort of like I guess you could say like progressive rock bands that are just they they do a good job of like building an atmosphere. Um, so sometimes like when I'm creating stuff, I like that. I like just like an atmosphere being built. And then sometimes like if I'm working during the day and I got my windows open, it's like, you know, it's a day like today where it's like 80 degrees out. Like I've been really into this band. Um, they're either from New York or New Jersey. They're called Iron Sheep. Um, I've been listening to them a lot lately. They're just like really fun and they kind of have like these ant this for lack of better description like this anthemic sort of sound to them like very easy to like chant and sing along to um but again man it, it just kind of it really all depends on like it really all depends on mood and it depends on season and it depends on time of day like sometimes i'm just like in 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 the in, into one thing and then it you know sometimes it just like bounces around but i mean i listen to i listen to stuff in like every genre with the exception of like like new like new pop country like i think that shit's stupid like i think it's basically just like hip-hop and like rap music disguised as like oh i'm using like i'm using pedal steel but i'm talking about like all the same shit it's just like it's appealing to like i don't know i just yeah, I don't like it. It's appealing to like a demographic that I feel like I don't want any involvement in. <laughs> I don't even, yeah, uh, that's the, that question. I always is always important to me because it's always new new music, and that's what I love. And then when we do the the playlist up; it's good. But I haven't even heard of that. But yeah, it definitely, there's just some music I try. I can't get into it, and I can't say that every track or every artist in that style doesn't work for me, but there's a good chunk where I'm just like, ugh, I can't do it. Like, I'll try. Like, I'm pretty, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, like, if a guy's a sick guitar player, that, I'm going to notice that regardless of whatever it is. But there's just some styles where I'm just like, oh, I'm like, all right. That's, you know, if that makes you happy, that makes you happy. But that that's not, that's not me. So I definitely, I definitely hear you. I like to dabble, especially with the kids. I mean, who knows what the hell we'll be listening to today. So I can hear them screaming in the other room. Like, you never know. Especially with Alexa now we have, you know, not that we get any sponsorship yet. We'll, we'll figure out how to do that. But the Amazon Echo, it's it's awesome, and it definitely can kill a mood, too, because they just come and go, Alexa, play this. And I'm like, I was fucking, I was into that album right now. Like, I don't want to hear a Pokemon, you know, soundtrack again. I would be, I feel like I'd be uh, not doing new service if I didn't mention, you know, the super, uh, the work you're doing with, uh, you know, the Rad Company. You know, I think it's really cool, all the, the different, Stupid Red, Stupid yeah. Red Merch Company. Yeah, exactly. I think it's cool. They do a, a shirt of the month every month, and it's really, you know, it's kind of a one-of-a-kind drawing for that month, and it makes, you know, I think it's just really, and not only that, the shirts are super affordable, 
and uh, I just think it's really, you know, it's just kind of a, to go, I, I can see how you're more than busy, and so, um, yeah, having to do all those every month, I think, and they're really, you know, they're, they go within your style, and they're really complimentary, and so, what is, what is the, the stupid rad company? All right, so, yeah, th- this is like, this is kind of like another fun story, man, and my wife always makes fun of me, like, a little bit, she's like, these people always sort of, like, She's like, you always end up getting linked up with like the like the people that are like you're on your exact sort of like wavelength. So this, I mean, stupid rad, stupid rad merch company is like in its infancy. We're in October. It'll be kind of like our one year anniversary, and I say our one year anniversary because it's uh, Simeon, the guy who, who who started the the company, and then and then myself. We're kind of like a, a, a two man team. Um, you know, as far as like, if we do like festivals and stuff like that, selling, selling merch and selling our wares and the stuff that we make, um, his wife helps out. And then, you know, my, my wife has helped out with stuff like that. But I mean, for the most part, it is, uh, you know, it's Simeon's the head honcho, um, kind of handles all the the business and a lot of the emails and, uh, and, uh, you know, that sort of shit. And then I handle everything as far as like the visuals go. So it's a, it's very similar to, you know, like the way my role is with 350. It's just, uh, I can kind of like explore and express like some different ideas that are, are, aren't necessarily stuff that like works for, uh, for 350 for like a concept for a beer label or what have you. Um, cause I have like this notebook full of ideas where I'm just like, all right, I want to do this at some point, or I want to do this at some point. And I don't know if you saw, like I post on Facebook, like I got like this, uh, sort of like this graphic design bucket list that I want to start like working through of like things that I want to make and just start reaching out to companies and be like, Hey, I see that you do this. I'm a graphic designer. Like I'd like to do this for you. I'll actually like, I'll actually give you a price break on it. if, like you let me make one of these for you. So I got stuff on there. That's like, you know, I got, I want to do like, I want to do like a skate. I want to do a skate deck. I want to do, um, I want to like do the design for like the housing for a guitar pedal. I want to do a hot sauce label. Um, I want to do like, I'd love to do like some branding and shit for like medical marijuana. Um, just cause I think that's like, you know, I, years and years ago when I was a little kid, I, I sort of like suffered from, uh, from epilepsy and having seizures. So I'm super interested in like the development of that and how it can, uh, and how it can help like keep like seizures and, and epilepsy at bay, especially in, you know, especially in with kids. Cause I remember like that just being like a super horrendous experience, um, for the, for the couple of years that I went through that. So, um, anything that I can sort of like help, help with that um i'm interested in but you know going back to you know i don't want to get too far off the off the path you know going back to stupid rad merch company so it was around i want to say it was like last july um todd Todd reached out to this guy who was making like you know like the little one inch like pin back buttons that you can you know you can get um, he, he reached out to this guy that was like located in Illinois. Um, they were talking, Todd wanted to get some one inch pinback buttons made for, it was actually for like the gutter punk kids, 
beer releases. He wanted to get like little one inch pins made of like every one of the gutter punk kids and release them at an event we were doing. Um, and that was, that was Simeon from, you know, what now became stupid rat merch company. Um, so he got wind of my stuff. Cause he was just like, Holy fucking, you know, cause him and I are the, him and I are the same age. Um, Todd's, I think like a year or two older than me. So we're all kind of like right in the, in the same age. So he was like, Oh man, this is totally, he's like, this is awesome. It's like, you know, totally a knockoff of like garbage pail kids. He's like, this is fucking sweet. Like this illustration's badass. Um, but then, you know, you know, we got some pins made and this and that, or we got some buttons made. And then a couple, couple months later, um, it, it was, it, you know, it was right around like the end of September, the beginning of October, uh, Simeon shot me an email and was like, Hey man, um, I'm kind of looking to, um, take what I'm doing with like these pin back buttons and do it on like a larger scale and offer like super affordable, like band, like merchandise for like local and upcoming punk bands and like even more established like bands and artists and other designers and stuff like that. He was like, but I feel like I need, he's like, I feel like I need a, a, a an identity and like a branding overhaul. He's like, I really don't have anything. And he was like, uh, and I was aware of them, but I was like, all right, like, what's the, what's the name of the company? And at the time that he was just making buttons and his, like his company, he was going by like stupid fucking buttons. And I was like, uh, all right, man. You know, it's kind of like that same sort of thing that I had with Todd where like, I liked, I liked his enthusiasm. I liked his ambition and what he wanted to do with the company and his, his sort of like business model and what his thought process was behind everything. But I wasn't in love with the name because I knew, yeah, there's going to be like some people that like think that name's kind of funny. But then there's also from a business standpoint, there's going to be a bunch of people who dismiss your company because it has like, because it has fucking in the name. So I was like, ah, man, like, yo, what do you think about like maybe doing a different name? I was like, I feel like you're going to be, you know, sort of like putting an albatross around your neck with, with that name, you know, is, is there something you could like, is, is there something you, you could play with or, or, or something else you could do to maybe make it a little bit more um, digestible for, for, the, for the public. If you're really looking to sort of like grow this company, I was like, we can, you know, we can still sort of like have a goofy name and have like some goofy imagery but, you know, you're going to, I feel like you're going to alienate a lot of people right off the bat with just the name. So he ended up, um, he ended up arriving at like, uh, at stupid, stupid rad and stupid rad merch company. And he just asked me, um, you know, I asked him, I was like, you know, Hey, you know, take a look at my website. You know, what do you like? What don't you like? This was just going to kind of help me gauge like visually how I was going to like tackle his like logo and, and his branding and stuff like that, you know, I, I, I kind of always ask that with people that I do like, Hey, look at my website. What do you like? What do you don't like? So that way I don't spend a bunch of time, like, you know, you know, drawing, drawing a bunch of skulls that are pink. And then, you know, you're like, Oh, you know what, man, I like everything on your website except the pink fucking skulls. And like, oh. All right. So, um, so yeah, he was just like, you know, I like your, uh, I like your skulls and you know, that, you know, the, the, the gutter punk kids stuff's funny. So I was like, all right, this guy kind of wants like, I'm going to do like some, 
some skull, you know, some sort of skull, like mascot character and maybe make it kind of like gross or at least have like the action as the company grows to sort of like put this mascot in different situations where he can be gross. Um, Because by this time I was, you know, him and I were trading a bunch of messages on on Facebook and stuff like that. And we just like, again, it's one of those things like where with, with you and I, how we sort of like hit it off and we were joking and shit like that. I knew right away that like, I like this dude, like, and I wanted to fucking hang out with him. And like the next time I went back to Illinois, like I was probably going to like sleep on his couch or hang out with him and shit like that. I just, I knew right away that like, this guy was just on my wavelength. We had like sort of the same, like, gross sense of humor and shit like that so um you know i i did the i did like the first logo for him which is like the 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 primary you know the primary mascot with the you know the little skull guy we call them like the party skull like standing there holding like the kind of looks like like the cardboard sign like that's a stupid rad merch company and uh you know he, he fell in love with that logo like the same way i did like i got done with it and i was just like fuck man i, I kind of don't want to like i kind of actually don't want to like <laughs> have this guy pay me for it because i kind of want this logo for myself or something um but you know i you know he ended up you know you know we ended up like doing doing the business and making that logo for him and uh and then it just it sort of like snowballed from there but you know the long and the long and short of like what stupid rat is is we are we're we're kind of like a two-part we're a we're a two-part animal we are a middleman for bands artists and other designers because we have relationships built up with um some manufacturing companies so we're a middleman but rather than like being a middleman and like, oh, we're going to tack on like a hundred dollars to your order because we're the middleman. What we do is we ask if you're an artist or you're a, a band or you're a company that we're working with, all we ask is that if, if uh, we make a product for you, can we make like anywhere between 25 to 50 more of that product to sell on our website? And then that's how we will make our money. So if you're a band and you're going on tour and let's say you're getting an enamel pin made from us and you go on tour and you're only going to have the enamel pins on tour and maybe you're not going to Philadelphia, then you can come to our website and you can buy one of those and you can get one of these pins. Um, and then it's, it's all, you know, it's all, it's shipped from us. It's the same exact pin that's on tour, but maybe you weren't able, you know, able to get it because they weren't coming to your town. You know, that's kind of how we, that's kind of how we make our money, uh, you know, with doing that deal where I take, can we make like 25 and we always agree upon that. We tell them like, Hey, we're going to make 50 of them. We're going to make 25 of them and uh you know and sell them on our website so if you run out of them or if they're only on tour and you're not going to the uk and somebody from the uk wants to buy them from our website um you know that's that's kind of how we do that and then so that's like the band artist company design aspect of it and then we also have like our all of our own like branded stuff where we're kind of selling ourselves as anything else like you know you know take like a you know you know take ruka or take like any sort of like skateboard company or any sort of like brand that makes their own branded apparel um we're doing that 
we're doing that sort of thing. So the money we make from selling other stuff, we funnel into like making our own product to sell to like to grow, you know, to grow that brand and to grow, you know, to grow that recognition. So I mean, we've done some cool stuff. We've made we've made air fresheners. We've made um, you know, we, we make a ton of stickers for ourselves. We make patches, we make enamel pins. We do the shirt a month. Um, awesome. Yeah. And hopefully, yeah. And everyone just, uh, will hopefully be doing, uh, you know, some 16 ounce canvas shirts with you guys. So hopefully that goes well. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, we'd, uh, we'd love to, man. You know, we'd, uh, the, I, yeah, I think the, I think the big, like important thing is, you know, just having like this network of people that you can better just super creative and you know in in any you know in any aspect in any aspect of life and just always having people that you can you can tap into and reach out to and be like hey man you know i you know i kind of i know you do this like i'm looking for your thoughts on this and like how did you go about doing this i yeah i love that man i think having you know being surrounding yourself with with highly creative people in a bunch of different disciplines is just going to Again, man, it goes back to that filling the emotional gas tank. You know, it's just going to keep you. It's just going to keep you moving, man. Keep people around you that just want to want to make shit happen, and it's going to make you want to, you know, make make shit happen as well. Well, I couldn't agree more, man. And I really appreciate you uh, making the time today. I'm I'm excited that we got to do this, and uh, really yeah, excited buddy. to have you in the mix. And like I said, I look forward to definitely crushing some beers as we say in 3d so definitely up for that challenge and uh we'll see what we have we see what we got here and definitely excited to collaborate here so i thanks so thanks so much man yeah man thanks for having me and thanks for uh thanks for doing what you're doing man like i said i love the uh i love the concept and i love the format man i think it's i think it's, especially in this day and age i think it's super important what you're doing man it's it, i i i don't there's nobody out there there's nobody else out there doing what you're doing. So it's, you know, years later, we're going to look back and be like, dude, remember, like, remember when we did that, remember when we did that episode when we were talking on the phone you'll have like 200 episodes. I hope so, man. Yeah, we'll like see. That. We got, we got some big ideas, so I don't want to get ahead of the horse, but yeah. And there you have it, folks. The essential Matthew Ryan Sharp interview right here on the 16 ounce canvas. So first, wanted to once again thank Matthew, Matt, Maddie for taking the time, joining us, and being a part of the project. Like I said, he's been a huge supporter. I really love what he's doing. We have a lot in common. We both look forward to you know having a few cigars and beers together in the future. But I really, you know, I know he has the website and it's very creative. Midwestern work ethic. Com. I just really enjoy how hard he works. You know, I think it's to be successful at anything, and that is a relative term. You know, what you might find be successful might be different from somebody else. But regardless of whatever that is, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And there's a lot of dedication, commitment, even deciding to do it, even decide to kind of jump in, take that chance, go out on your own, or do a career that maybe doesn't necessarily pay financially the best or maybe a job where you have to work 80 hours a week. Whatever that choice is, you're making that choice. You are consciously deciding 
to go all in. And if you're going to do it, go all in. Don't don't half-ass anything because it shows. If you're half-assing it, then your work's going to suffer. And people are going to notice that. And sometimes you only get a few chances. Sometimes you only get one shot. I'm not going to, you know, give the whole Eminem song. You know, you only have one opportunity, right? But what I do love and what I really appreciate with Matthew is that guy's all in. He busts his ass. He works really hard. He's made a commitment. He's, you know, takes chances. He gives his honest feedback. You know, he easily, there's been many times in his story where he could just, you know, kept his head down, played the game, done what was wanted, and not, you know, not ruffled feathers or, you know, taking that chance. But he's happy. He loves his job. He has a beautiful family. He's a, you know, father. He's got a young daughter. I mean, that, those are the type of things that when you have a family and you start kind of building, you know, building that that crew up, your squad, right? That you really take, you know, take seriously. You take a little more thought into it. Like, not only do my choices impact myself, but they set a theme for what others who know me or, you know, that I've uh, created will do. And so that's how I like to think of things, that my choices impact others, hopefully impact those who are listening because maybe you're learning something. And that when people tell me they learned something or it was really insightful or maybe impacted how they did work, that is the, that is the greatest gift. But also trying things, you know, I tried to, you know, I gave, you know, five or six years, you know, managing a band and we tried to make it, you know, we did the radio show for, you know, 11 years. And I got to a point where, you know, professionally, I interviewed a few stations. But what that was, wasn't why I wanted to do radio. And so I just, you know, I pulled it back. And that's how we, you know, come back to do this. We have creative control. We're really trying to carve out our own niche. So... To get back to it, you know, rock on, Matt. You're doing a great job, man. You know, keep up the, the great work. Really excited to have you, you know, be part of this and your support and, you know, digging what we're doing. You know, he's, his encouragement, that really helps. And just, uh, it's nice. I've been lucky to, to meet some great folks doing this, you know, present company included. And it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. So hopefully you uh, take something away from it. Hopefully you keep coming back each week to learn a bit art-wise, business-wise, maybe take a life lesson or two, or maybe you just like to hear my radio voice, or maybe you think I'm funny. I don't know. One, two, all of the above is fine by me. So thank you once again. You're listening to the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer Podcast. I'm AJ, AJ at 16160zcanvas.com. That is the website, 16ozcanvas.com. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Drop a line. Say hello. Let us know what you're thinking. But thank you all for being a part of it. We will be back next week. I want to thank everybody also who sent kind words about my mother-in-law who passed away. It really does mean a lot. You know, we dedicated our episode last week to her. Uh, she has missed. It's still a very tough time for the family, but the good vibes and energy is felt, and it means a lot. So thank you for that. Thank you, and part of the family. And until next week, keep drinking. Keep enjoying those mini art shows in your fridge. Hold the can, bottle. Just a couple seconds longer. Appreciate all that went into that inside, outside, and all around. Who's that?